Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. I'm Moshe Kasher. And I'm Natasha Legero, coming to you live and direct from Almost Home. We've been on the road a while, Tosh. Yeah. You know, Tosh. Yeah? I realized something about you today. What's that? Um, well, first of all, I realized something about me, which is we went for a bike ride today. We're, on, we're in a beach community that will remain nameless. Uh, and we went for a bike ride today. And I just got to tell the listeners, Natasha scrubbed. Uh, she scrubbed, she went down, and uh, in a what I would say would be a cartoonishly funny way. And you remember that? Yeah. I mean, it was like kind of like going, like it wasn't like a cool fall. What's your point though? Well, I'm getting to that, but I just want you to acknowledge that that did happen. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a, you know, Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. But my response, I rushed over. I was like, oh my God, are you okay? To the degree that you told me I was probably being too compassionate and kind to you. And uh, I just think that that separates us because I feel that if I had fallen in such a comedic fashion, you would have laughed. I see. What do you think? So that's like a long way for you to just try to say that I just don't have that much compassion? No, don't misunderstand. It's not an insult to you. It's a compliment to me. I'm brimming with compassion and love for you. All right. Well, I think that it's, you know, it can be challenging to live with you sometimes. Mm. So, Mm. you know. What's that have to do with, wait, then therefore you Well, you're saying you like to make fun of me because I'm always roasting you, but it's like you're really hard to live with. Oh, so you're saying when I hurt myself, there's a small part of you that feels actual joy. (laughs) Like it's all you can get. I don't feel like being like, oh my God, are you okay when mm. I know you're fine? Mm-hmm. But if like something really bad happened to you, I guess I just thought you were kind of overdoing it today. You know, speaking of which, you did say to me the other day that I tell our daughter I love her too much. Well, cause you'll be like, don't do that. But I love you, I love you, I love you. Do you, do you believe me that I love you? I just want you to know I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry that that happened, but I'm lo- I love you, I love you. It just seems like you shouldn't tell them 35 times that you love them after one discipline. Well- I'm just trying to reinforce the no with the, with the, but don't worry, daddy's here and daddy loves you. Right, but you're, now you're doing like 10% no, 90% I love you. Maybe like a 50-50 would be good. Now, what do you think the downsides of telling your, hearing I love you from your parent could possibly be? Too much, too much I love you. You, you are like um, a child who, who truly believes that, they uh, are that, that her dad loves her <laughs> yeah you want to give her a little bit of unsure a little bit of doubt i don't know maybe but maybe not i had too much doubt so i don't really know i just recognized loved people and their behavior and they're whack you're saying whack i'm not pe- saying they're whack. whack i'm just saying that i don't know if they're driven in the same way. Well, speaking- But who knows, everybody's different. Oh, you're saying withhold love so they will thrive. I don't think you should withhold love. I just don't think you should tell them you love them like so many times, like like 150 mm-hmm. times a day. Yeah, well, Tosh, it does, the irony is not lost on me that we sign off every week on this podcast with me saying I love you. You know, that's just who I am. You know what my love language is? What? Love. You know what? Our, My love language is love language. And I have to say, our daughter wakes up. We've been camping for two weeks. She wakes up and she looks at me and she, every morning and she says, I love you. Where do you think she gets that from? I know. So maybe Chip she off would, the old block. Maybe she wouldn't say that. If she, was, if she was modeling her behavior after you, she'd be comedically falling down on a bicycle. Because that's more your energy. Oh, my God. I will say that, Moshe, you do something. Uh-oh. That makes you very hard to live with, which okay. I've now coined. Yes. Um, I don't know. Actually, someone tell me if anyone's ever heard of this before. Um, but the the thought that came to my mind was projectile living. Uh huh. Because I remind it reminds me of vomiting, like how you enter a room with your stuff. Uh huh. Like you'll just like put underwear here, a boot on the stove, your keys in the freezer, your wallet just goes up in the air, a dog leash goes in a sink, mm-hmm. and then like 
15 minutes later when you're trying to reassess, you can't find anything or an hour later or the next day. And so like everything just like goes into this like mm. projectile pit of like, you know, a, a mystery. And I, I think that if, if the, like, as I get older, it's more appealing to me to like ha everything has a home. And then mm -hmm. I just feel like more relaxed. If you can't tell yet, listeners, we've been on the road together for too long, <laughs> living in a small RV. Uh, it is difficult for me to keep that RV orderly. I will say that, that's for sure. And I'm not an orderly person. You know, I had a realization recently about people like you um, who expect people like me, the projectile livers, to be more orderly. It's a lot like, you know, chronically tardy people. Mm -hmm. You probably know them. I you mean, are, I, are I am. <laughs> yeah. But chronically, I'm like chronically four to seven minutes late. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm not like an hour late. Person. No, hour late people are people you cut out of your life, unless you're related to one, uh, <laughs> which I might be. Uh, but the the chronically tardy person is chronically tardy and it's not that they aren't considering you it's that they just can't get it together right and it's telling the chronically sloppy person to be more organized is a lot like telling the chronically tardy person to just be on time there's some wire missing in the brain that allows for that now they can work on it and they can get better but in reality you know how when you uh if were you overweight when you were young mm -mm. i was when you're overweight when you're young, you're kind of overweight in your mind for the rest of your life. I think that was Nikki Glaser that said that in a joke, but I really, it resonated with me. Or maybe no, Nikki said, when you're a smoker, you're a smoker in your mind for the rest of your life. You always kind of wish you could still smoke. I think the overweight thing is me. You kind of always feel it, you know, you're kind of always like afraid that it's going to come back to you. And I think that, uh, I think that that it's something in, in the brain, like you can get better at being tardy, you can get better at being organized, but you can't ever not just be a clean person. Clean people. Masha, you're just talking in circles. Like it, it can't, there's gotta be a way to tidy like- Tidy people are wired. They are not, it is not behavior. It's I, behavior you can control if you, versus like, I'm short. Mm-hmm. I, there's nothing I can do about that. There's well, no, there is. There's surgery. Wear high heels. Surgery. <laughs> Leg lengthening. It's arduous and it's extremely painful and you only get a couple of inches. But something like tidiness, Basically, that, that's they, like... They break your femur. Oh my God. And they stretch it. And over about six months, you can get at least two inches of lift. And I honestly wish that you would do that surgery. All right. Well, okay. Listen, here's the deal. If you we get, don't have to talk about it on the podcast. If you get lengthening surgery, oh. I will agree to uh, keep everything organized. No, I, I, I'm just kidding. I like you just the way you are. Uh, but I do think that being disorganized and messy is something that you don't you don't understand the wiring of. I'm not saying it's an excuse. No, I have friends who are friends with you have who have told me personally that they used to think that too. And then they just like, you know, decided that life was better mm -hmm. if they cleaned up after themselves. Now, the problem with you is you see like an explosion in the house and you think that we're nailing it. So mm -hmm. it's not exactly, I don't think you are aware of mess. So you actually might well, be special. The problem with you is when you're on your bicycle and you see an oil puddle on the ground, you ride straight for it and try to do a 360 turn <laughs> and a hard brake stop. All right, well, if anyone has any tips, on how, not camping together anymore how moshe can be more organized or how i can care about it less please let us know and by the way we bring you these tips because we think that they're funny but most of our relationship is smooth and placid and lovely and all week long we comb through our experiences and we say what is something we can talk about on the podcast today i say all this to let our listeners know that not only are natasha and i deeply in love and having a great relationship but she doesn't actually even care about the mess she thinks it's charming and before you respond <laughs> natasha let's get to our next caller hannah in austin hello hannah Hi. How are you? Hi, Hannah. I'm good. How are you guys? 
Oh, we're fine. How's Austin? I hear you don't have to pay taxes on your comedy earnings there. <laughs> Is that so? I've only been here for less than a year. So let me tell you something about Texas. Uh, you can you can say whatever you want and the PC police aren't going to come after you. <laughs> I wouldn't know that because I'm in a social work program. <laughs> Well, if you ever want to start dropping some racial slurs, step outside to the nearest bar and they will accept you with warmth and we, they won't tell the social work program. Good deal. Uh, okay, so Hannah, tell us what's going on. Yeah, so um, uh, my ex-boyfriend and I have been talking about the possibility of him coming to Austin to visit me and I'm unsure if that's a good idea. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Give okay. us some info on this on this relationship. Okay. Give us like the, so, the highlights. The highlight reel. And well, the so lowlights. Oh, <laughs> so many. Um, so for context, like we were Oh wait, let me ask you before you start. More highlights or lowlights? Go. A lot of highlights. Okay. And then and then um yeah. And then okay, some okay. I'm, I'm, I'm in. Keep going. Yeah. So we were together for two years. And then when I moved out of state for, for grad school, um, we tried long distance, but ultimately broke things off because we didn't have any solid plans to kind of close the distance. Um, and so even though I still love and desire him, I'm just unsure if it's a good idea because a wonderful weekend together is not really going to change the fact that our situation is the same and um, he's going to be back on a plane and, you know, I'll be here with a renewed sense of connection, but no mm. solid plans to take it forward. What's the worst thing he ever did? <laughs> Besides, <laughs> the, the infidelity aside, what's the worst thing he ever did? <laughs> what's the worst thing he's ever done? Oh my gosh. Um, Oh God, I, not a whole lot of bad things. Yeah. So that's not the issue, right? The issue is that you are in Texas. I'm just trying to see if he's worth it. He's not, there is no worth it. Because what she's saying is, correct me if I'm wrong. What she's saying is he's gonna come, he's awesome. They've got great connection, but the fundamental thing that made them break up in the first place hasn't changed, isn't gonna change. So he's gonna come, she's gonna get a good old fashioned Texas uh, rodeo ride. He's gonna get on a plane and she's gonna be in, in, in Austin going like, I'm sad. That wasn't what I wanted. I wanted I know, him to stay. Maybe they're talking about, you know, is, is there any talk of like coming together in some way? There's talk. Um, Could you go to where he is? I mean, Austin's probably back to it. Phoenix. Ugh. Oh, stay in Austin. Um, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, you <laughs> why do you want to date someone from Phoenix anyway? <laughs> you know, that's a great point. I mean, I'm originally from Texas, but. Actually, wait, let me just jump in here and say if the Delta variant doesn't continue to run roughshod over the population, I am going to be playing the Copper Blues in Phoenix <laughs> in September. No. And I think Phoenix is a great community filled with wonderful, lovely people. And I'd love for them all to come see me. I do like Arizona. Okay, now, um, Hannah, why, what, what is the fundamental thing that keeps you guys from being able to be together? What does he do? What's his deal? I mean, he puts his career before a relationship and I respect that that's where he is in his development right now. And that's where his value is. But um, yeah, he's not making any solid attempts to ready himself or to try to bring us together as a team. Okay, I have an idea. Enough about him. What, what do you, are, do you have a dating life in Austin? What's going on with you? I dated someone briefly when we weren't together, but otherwise, no, I haven't dated anyone. I mean, I work from home, I go to school from home, and I just like haven't really met anybody. Are you kind of hung up well. on him too? I mean, you're very beautiful. Yes. Thank wow. you. Um, obviously, you guys are too. Oh, well, thank you very much. I strongly have a strong vibe here. I know, I know the answer. You do? Yeah, 100%. Oh, dear. It's a no. Hannah, it's a no. Don't, why? don't do it. Because there's no point. It's like you already know where the story ends. You know why you know where the story ends? Because it wow. already ended. Okay, look, I'll say this. You, It's a no, and you're going to do it anyway. That's what that makes you love but you, you, when you're in a relationship with someone and it comes to a natural end because mm -hmm. things have, uh, it doesn't mean that your emotional uh, entanglement has come to a natural end, but your physical re uh, 
practicalities come to a natural end. Okay, you're in grad school, you move to a place, you're lonely, you're even lonelier because you're on Zoom all day long. What do you want? You want the guy that didn't make you feel lonely because he's the person that you loved and then he's gonna come out and then he's, you guys are gonna have a great weekend, he's gonna leave and you're gonna be back to lonely again. And nothing about the part where it can work is gonna change and unfortunately, if you're a social worker, you should know this. Mm -hmm. You got to do the dirty work of actually getting a new thing started. And that's hard because you're lonely now. Oh, I got it too. What Moshe said, I think he's right. But then just tell the guy, say, let's just wait a month. Just give, you know, let's just wait till, and then spend the next four weeks. Cause you're so hot. Like you'll, you'll get, you'll, you'll get so many hits. Like be very specific with what you're interested in on the online dating mm -hmm. and, let your, and let yourself Oops. go on a date a week, you know, or maybe more, but <laughs> just, I know it sounds awful, but be very picky because you don't, you know what I mean? And just, or just tell yourself, think about what a good number is. I'll go on three dates in a month. And if I don't, if I don't meet anybody that I'm, you know, if I just can't stop thinking about this guy, then I'll tell him, but you don't have to tell the guy you're doing that. You guys have an, you're not committed, you know? Well, and I think he definitely think listens it's... to this podcast every week. So <laughs> he seems like a great guy. If he's no, going to be I... around copper blues towards the end of September, <laughs> I think he should come on through. No, but I really do think that if you go on a few dates, even if it was just two, but I, ideally it would be like five and just then really reassess. And you'll be like, you know what? I still love the guy. I want to, maybe you can like take it to another step and be like, listen, I want to figure out how we can make this work. Or you freaking fall in love with somebody else or thinks or realize that like he wasn't really exactly what you wanted. You're just bored and lonely. Listen, if you he... have to give yourself, but think about how you have to go on at least two and be very, you're, you're hot. So like you can be extremely, hey, you picky. know what? I'm getting a little uncomfortable. How I'm often just you're saying, telling her she's hot. She's going to, she's going to be fielding through so many idiots. Well, listen, Hannah, what, what are yes. your thoughts here? I see you trying to break in. What do you got? Oh, God. I'm just like, I've never been on a dating app. And I don't really, I know, Natasha, you're like, well, join, be in spaces where people are that you, you know, doing things that you like doing. But that, no one talks be, to you at coffee shops. What about in Austin? Like, there aren't like, you know, screenings or outdoor music festivals or a girlfriend, you could go to like an evening of blank, uh, you know, like whatever. There's so much. No, am I wrong? No, there, you want there an are. Outdoor anyway, this is true. There are. I think it's just like someone can tell if you're not interested in them unless, you know, if you're not putting out energy, people are not going to approach you. Well, and I think that's my issue. That is your <laughs> issue. If you called tonight and you were like, hey, I used to date this dude and the the dong was so good that I got to get another taste of that dong. And that's it. I just like, we dated, I loved him. And now I'm on this, like, I got to have that. I got to have a taste one more time. I might be like, you know what? Who cares? Live once, go get to have the, the great sex, send him packing. But you're not saying that. You're, and I know you're saying, oh, but I kind of am. But really what I'm hearing is I miss the feeling of feeling in love. And I just want to get back to that, even though I know it's going to end in heartbreak. You know what that sounds like? Sounds like drugs. Sounds like drugs to me. It does sound like dopamine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, I know this is bad. So does she get on an online app for the first time? Or does I don't she know keep going to... to coffee shops like and giving guys the eye? <laughs> <laughs> the Arizona eye. Yeah. I mean, I just think like this, to me, what you're trying to do is you're trying to uh, you're trying to uh, put a, a an emotional bomb on what is should be a new chapter in your life and it is scary but I don't I'm not for it I don't think so I vote no what's he say why does he want to come because he loves me and he wants to see me again and he just wants to keep spending time together because we don't know what the future is going to hold. Okay, listen, if you're like, no one will ever talk to me at a coffee shop and I've never done online dating, how do you expect to meet someone? Like you have to figure out hmm. some way to go out and give yourself a little time to just socialize because- Oh, wait, what, what about one of your clients? <laughs> you should date one of your clients. A dual relationship is just what I need. Yeah, um, yeah. I, yeah, to Natasha's point, what are you doing to find, are you doing anything? I'm not, I because haven't you're been you're hung interested. up on homie. Exactly. And you want to come back and you want to restart that fire and then send him packing so that it's even less likely that you'll find someone in the next six months? Yeah, it's the same story over 
you know, yeah, that yeah. wouldn't be a good move. This one's simple, Hannah. What would you tell me if I was came to you and I needed some MSW help? This is here are your clinical finals. Oh goodness, at midnight. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say if you really want to see him on your turf, have him come with some friends, have him come make his visit not about you, and maybe meet him. That's a lie, though. It will be. You know, it's about you. <laughs> this just seems like so fake. It's well, yeah. What what is it? It's just. Or it's naive. It's just like ignoring reality. Right. That's... It is about you. You're like, no, no, just say it's not about us, you know, but it is. So I don't know. I, I just think like it, it's it's you don't want to be in a go nowhere relationship because you want your relationship yeah. to be progressing. And if it's Correct. not progressing and it's just like, no, no, you know, uh, maybe in like five or 10 years, we'll be in the same city, you know, yeah. like that's that's just kind of. That's that feels almost dead. Yeah, it's like a relationship that has run its course, and now you're trying to jump back to the old course. It's like it's like a old Russian Olympic stadium that's kind of falling apart. But you're like, this was a great course. Let's right. run it one more time. And you're jumping over rusted out pylons and holes in the track and stuff. But it's like if something's run its course. Now, that said, if you want to do it, I think you should just do it. But just know what you're doing. Don't go. Mm -hmm. Don't go into it with your eyes closed and go. Oh, this is gonna be just fun. We'll rekindle. What you're doing. That's is, why I think she should go on some dates. You're ripping open an old wound, and you're gonna just be back in that old wounded ass yeah. wound, Bill. And 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 even if you just for now too, even if you don't have the interest in going on dates or the energy, what you could do is just think about what you want. You know, and That's true. and and I think that just even coming to terms with that in yourself psychologically is like puts you in like a better headspace to deal with everything and honestly if you're if it's a tryst you're looking for natasha's been flirting with you unrelenting oh my gosh <laughs> natasha <entire> <laughs> natasha you are my style icon you i wish it, i wish we could go shopping together you're great and also moshe i do love your tivas oh thank you so Ew, much don't tell him that you can't, you can't say style icon and tivas in the same sentence you know, contradictions right. exist. Right, right. Well, Hannah, I feel like we helped you. Whatever you do is fine. Maybe you get horny and you do it. But yeah, I think what Moshe said, just really have the right idea in your mind. And if it's time to move on, figure out how you're going to do that because you seem like such a great person and you're really hot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't have any feelings on your physical appearance. That's not how I treat women. I don't I don't look at that, at that kind of stuff anymore. But I will say, Natasha's right. Whatever you decide to do, it's not actually a big deal. You should just go into it with your eyes open and know what you're doing. I used to do that kind of stuff with long distance stuff long distance stuff is always 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 uh, unless you have one you get one long distance relationship in your life but once you have two it's always about having the feeling the dopamine feeling of that like love drug without any of the nasty hard work like yes. living with a person that projectile projectile messes that's the that's what that's the love part the other part that's chemical good luck thank you so much you guys Bye. I feel like we helped a social worker tonight, or a nascent social worker anyway. This is good. Moshe, you always like to have the last word. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, you go. No, it's okay. No, please. I mean, Hannah hung up, but go ahead. Get, get the last <laughs> word. You know what it is? It's not that I'd like to have the last word. I feel like one of my skills is uh, summarizing. Projectile talking? <laughs> Youch. <laughs> No, you're very talented. You're a very talented talker. I'd say it's one of your gifts. This almost feels kind and it's like a true. Compliment. It's true. Of course, it's one of my gifts. It's what I do for a living. You're a very talented talker too. No, you're better than me. No, I'm not. You're a very good extemporaneous. Well, you're very good at um, inappropriately sexually harassing our callers. Oh my god! No, that was crazy. <laughs> that, it was psychotic. You just kept saying how hot she was, and you could couldn't you see how uncomfortable she was getting. Wait, psychotic? Yes, no, I was just telling. You were her trying that... to seduce her, and it was obvious. Oh my god! I was just letting her know that I'm sure if she got on an online dating app, she would probably be able to like you know sort through. Throw that Texas lasso around a. Hey, I gotta admit, the drivers her nuts. I've never been on online dating. I've never made a profile. Sounds like fucking hell. Um, 
but you know, a lot of things are. Oh uh, yeah, right. Like what's one thing that comes to mind that's hell? You know what? <laughs> Let's listen to some secrets. Hi, I'm calling because my girlfriend called in a couple months ago and let you all know that every time she sees that the lotion bottle has moved, that she knows that I have jerked off on that day. And that she then uh, proceeds to fuck me because I am better at sex when I've already come on that day. Uh, I'm just calling to let you know that uh, every once in a while I will move the lotion bottle to a different location. Um, you know, perhaps uh, onto the lip of the, like the shower, uh, in a very obvious way. And then later on, uh, my girlfriend and I tend to, to have sex. Uh, and I haven't told her this. She doesn't know that I've heard the, the specific, uh, secret bump where she told you, you all this, but it's been uh, good knowledge for sure. Um, thanks a lot. Big fan of the podcast. Uh, bye. That all started to make sense when he said that girlfriend. Cause I was like, if it was his wife, like when, when I see your, like, I just get annoyed when I see that you've used some of my nice cream to jerk off with. I've never <laughs> used any nice cream. Yeah. Cause all of a sudden with. I'll see like my Egyptian magic, like right by the side of your bed or something. Yeah. I, my, my feet and skin get chafed sometimes in the middle of the night after you go no, to sleep. No, no, no. You use like my good stuff, but it's like, they're, they're both still kind of charmed by it. You know what? These guys, they're, this is like, um, more intricate sort of back and forth games than like the U.S. and the USSR during the cold war. Like she sees <laughs> it, thinks he's jerking off. So she comes and bangs him that night. But then he's like, ah, it seems like every time I put the lotion out, she comes and bangs me. So he puts the lotion out. So how do you know I'm not doing that in a desperate call? I'm calling out to you, putting that Egyptian magic out on the side of the bed saying, love me, make love to me tonight. You know, and then that lonely bottle just stays there with you shaking your head, uncharmed by it, when really it was a cry for help. Let's play another secret. Hey, Bojan and Natasha, long time listener, first time caller. Uh, here's my secret. For context, I'm a firefighter. Uh, so the other day, I was alone with the fire truck while my coworkers were out doing whatever. And I was there for a few hours, so I called my girlfriend. Uh, things were flirty, and we ended up talking about sex. And then things were reduced to each other, which led to us having phone sex, <laughs> which ended in me kind of having an orgasm in the fire truck. So I, I busted a nut in the fire truck and I cleaned it up with one of my coworkers' package of baby wipes, which were pretty much right in front of me. Obviously I didn't tell anybody that I work with, uh, but if I did, I don't know, maybe they'd give me a high five or something. Anyways, that's my secret. Hope you enjoyed it. Big fan, love the show. Bye-bye. I mean, the, the odds of you telling your coworkers that you jerked off in the fire truck and them giving you a high five. <laughs> I would say it feels, it feels very unlikely. I mean, they might be like right on from a distance, but to, right, like if it was like your own fire truck or like your own car. I'm just saying a palm to palm contact is like not the thing you want to do oh, when yeah. someone's like, I just jerked off in the fire truck. But you know what? You're an American hero. You're putting out fires in the in the, in the hottest yeah, summer you should be able to come in in those in those engines i think yeah come in the engines that's what we say we say <laughs> open up the trunk next time open up the hood you know find the radiator or you know just pop it open and bust into that because we need more of that good all american firefighter jizz powering america's engines yeah i like it one more secret natasha yeah let's listen hi natasha and moshe um, my secret is that I have a small collection of very nice wines from Italy, and they're very old, and I've done my research. They're pretty expensive, and sometimes when I host dinner parties, I will pretend that I am serving my guests this wine, but I'm absolutely not. I would never uh, actually serve this wine to any of my friends, but... 
what I do instead is I'll pour, you know, a barefoot bottle of wine from Walgreens. Um, <laughs> and I will tell them that this is from my vintage wine collection. And nobody has ever questioned me. They've always said it tastes delicious and they love it. And um, I don't know. I don't, I think it's a funny little prank and I, I've actually have friends that are very knowledgeable about wines and they've never caught on, but um, anyway, that's my secret. Love the podcast. Bye. I mean, does she have like six bottles of wine that she just kind of keeps around and talks about all the time so that it's she can be, like prank her friends? It's got to be more than six or eventually her friends would catch on. It'd be like, Diane, we know that it's not that wine. That's four bottles. And also, how does she, does she put it in a decanter? How, how do they not see it's not, it's not barefoot? I pictured her coming out with the dusty old Napoleonic bottle of wine and being like, and here we have a 1902 Chateau de Pape or whatever thing is a wine. The thing, and then they, yeah. and then she runs into the kitchen, pours an ice cold, uh, 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 carbonated Marg and comes out and is like, here you go. Like, I, I love this secret. I love this strategy. I love this level of pettiness. My only question is who gets the good wine? Is it just- Well, that's my question is it's unclear if she's she has this small collection so she can play prank friends or does she really love wine and not want to share it? Right, does she drink it by herself? Because in which, if that's the case, then you don't just have a wine collection. You've got a disease called alcoholism. But I do like that she's collecting wines it sounds in uh, like what do you do with I'm, I'm actually curious you collect wines but you never open them i, I don't know i i'm not a, i'm not i a guess big... i'm not really a collector no i'm a collector of things i'm a i'm a get rid of her you're a drinker <laughs> you're a hardcore troubled dependent chemically dependent drinker no i'm saying i i get rid of things in life like i'm always throwing things away but certain things are permanent, right? But I don't like to collect things. But certain things you stick with, they stick around forever, right? Like what? Yeah, I don't know, random things, partners. <laughs> yes, honey, yes for partners. All right, hey, let's do another uh, call because I got to watch the Ultimate Fighting Championship fights tonight. Okay. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. Here comes something I'm very excited to say. Yes. This episode is brought to you by Bitty Baby from okay. American Girl Dolls. Come on, this is a cute doll. Our kid loves it, and she loves playing make-believe, and my grandparents had gotten her some, like, robot that was, like, talk. It was, like, really creeping me out. It was like Alexa the toy. <laughs> but these things are cool because parents... But this is, like, an actual cute little doll. No, and parents know that the stories children act out help shape the person that they're going to grow to be. So what Bitty Baby, I love saying it, They've got these little baby dolls that help little kids develop nurturing traits through imaginative play. They're customizable, they've got accessories and outfits. Anyway, the long and short of it all is, if you are a parent and you're looking for something special to get your kid, may we recommend Bitty Baby. Bitty Baby's huggable baby dolls help young ones develop nurturing traits through imaginative play. They have customizable dolls, accessories, outfits that encourage her to act out moments of kindness and care. From feeding, dressing, and playing with their Bitty Baby to taking them on the go and soothing them to sleep after a long day of play. It's really fun, we recommend it, and guess what else? You can get an exclusive one-time offer of 15% off your order of Bitty Baby products with the promo code HONEYMOON at AmericanGirl.com. Bitty Baby offers an array of playtime combinations that offer unique nurturing and grows imaginations. Teach her that kindness is the ultimate gift with Bitty Baby. You can get an exclusive one-time offer of 15% off your order of Bitty Baby products with promo code HONEYMOON at AmericanGirl.com. That's AmericanGirl.com, promo code HONEYMOON. Exclusions include the 18-inch dolls, Courtney Arcade, and Bitty Baby Furniture. See AmericanGirl.com slash Podcast for details. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. I feel that the last year and a half has atrophied my body and made me less healthy somehow. Do you agree? Yes. Do you also agree that now's a great time for people out there to start taking a multivitamin to get back some of those 
nutrients lost by a year indoors. Yes, and it is also so hard to eat healthy right now too. I'm always just stressed out. So I want to make sure that if I drink water and take vitamins, at least I'm taking care of like the baseline. Natasha has not done anything diet-wise other than eat multivitamins <laughs> and drink water the entire pandemic. It's getting scary. But you aren't like that. You want to take Ritual. We've tried Ritual and I will tell you what we like about them. They're clean, vegan friendly, and you won't find sugars, GMOs, major allergens, synthetic fillers, or artificial colorants in them. Plus I also like that it's delayed release so you don't get like really like, like I, I usually like start to throw up in the morning if I take vitamins. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm glad we found Ritual. If you too throw up in the morning when you take vitamins, try Ritual because you won't throw up. A multivitamin should contain key ingredients and forms your body can actually use to help fill the gaps in your diet. No extras. Ritual's delayed release capsule design delivers high quality nutrients, including vitamin D3, in just two daily pills. Well, yep, and they won't make you vomit. Your multivitamins are now available for women, men, and teens. Ritual multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support different life stages and to prevent, once again, vomiting. Your multivitamins are delivered to your door every month with free shipping always. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription at any time, and if you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund your first order. You hear that? If you puke, you can get your money back. Get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off for the first three months. Visit ritual.com slash honeymoon to start your ritual today. All right, we're going to call Julie in Vancouver. Julie in the coup. Let's ask her if she likes that. <laughs> Hi, Julie. Hi. Julie, we have a question. How's life in the coup? <laughs> it's lovely. Can we ask you though, seriously, do you like when people call it the Couve? I can't imagine you do. Um, well, not being from the Couve originally, I don't know if my opinion really, like, I'm a transplant too, so it, it probably doesn't matter. Got it. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from where they call the knife, uh, yellow knife. Whoa, yeah. cool. What's that? I don't know. It sounds like a place where they raw tap maple syrup. The knife? <laughs> Yeah, it's like in the Northwest Territories. Ooh, cool. that sounds cool. Can you like- Literally, yeah. It's like Alaska yeah. or something. Like, yeah, parallel, yeah. Can you skin a wolf? Uh, no, but I can gut a fish pretty quick. I can uh, start uh, fires, you know, build a Quincy. That's, these seem like- What's a Quincy? It's like a quick igloo. What? Wow. Yeah. Listen- Wait, you could build an igloo? Well, I had a boyfriend who built an igloo once and tried to like live in it for a couple of months, but then skidoers ran over it. They do that, like, don't they? Yeah. They always be running over your igloos. <laughs> and I'm like, skidon't, you know, that's yeah. my thing. Yeah. Wait, is that impressive? Like, yes. To have a, like, so he could, how long does it take to build an igloo? I think it took him a couple of weekends because, well, like, they, you have to like cut the blocks of snow out. With what? Um, like just saws. So w when the climate wars begin, would you mind if we come to the Couve and just kind of like live in your shadow and just could you protect us or whatever? Yeah, yeah. You know, we can like mill flour, make bread. Oh, It'll yeah. be great. Homestead. Gut fish. Get on our skidoo yeah, and get it. and get skidoo the fuck out of civilization. Well, there'll be no snow, so I don't know if that'll be too right. Yeah, useful. How hard is it to smoke fish? um not that hard you just need to like you could even do it in a house if you just make like a little box but it'd be it'd be tricky but fish smoker <laughs> if you think the house is messy now wait till we have desiccated <laughs> trout and salmon hanging in the cedar blocks i'm in okay how can we help um so i have like a i don't know i feel like it's kind of an interesting dilemma i uh i'm polyamorous and married and right before COVID, I had started seeing this fellow um, who also has a long-term partner. And then, you know, due to COVID and being safe humans, we stopped seeing each other. Uh, and even though we only kind of like made out a little bit, we had really good conversations. So during COVID, we kept talking, like sending like some sexy texts. And now I'm like, 
I don't know because well, but you all you have a partner too yeah yeah I see okay yeah um and so because we stopped hanging out after basically date like three or four there's no kind of real butterflies but I know when I hang out with him the conversation's so easy he's so interesting that I'll probably really enjoy it but I'm like yeah, I don't, I don't even know how to prioritize hanging out with my friends, let alone like dating again. I don't know if it's worth it to rekindle this connection mm. or how, you know, or when, you know, like I'm good to go double vaxxed, whatever, but I think he's still waiting on it. And, you know, you want to be safe for all the partners involved. So, yeah. I have a question that I, I think my ignorance about polyamory is what fuels this question. Like, what is it about going, like what I may, and I know everybody's different. It's probably not like all polyamorous people are the same, but like, do you seek out other partners than your, uh, than your spouse because of that new love feeling? Or is it not that, like I'm saying like- That's definitely part of it. Like that's always very exciting, obviously, but the end goal is to like see how someone else can fit into my life and like how that can be mutually beneficial to all involved you know the goal is to figure out how someone new in addition to the, your current person could fit into your life well no I, I, not in addition to because I, I, I need to handle this situationship before I would even engage in another person like I'm a very busy lady I'm rather shy. I'm not yeah, gonna. You got you fish know. to smoke. Exactly. <laughs> Many things, among other things, you know. So, so yeah, I, it's. It seems like Tash. I don't know what your thoughts are here, but it seems like, like we're both a little ignorant about like sort of the rules and regulations around polyamory. And I know every relationship in polyamory has its own specific version of those rules and regulations. But I feel like the right thing to do is to give you advice from the place that I would give to- If she were single. Yeah, if this was just any romantic entanglement. And and the reality of that is, if this person's easy and this person's cool, you go after the person because butterflies go away, they always Ooh, do. you're a butterfly chaser. That's butterfly why chaser. That's why you're in polyamory. You're like, oh, you know, mm -hmm. the butterflies are gone, so should I find a new person to cheat on my spouse with? Hey, it's not cheating. It's <laughs> not cheating. It's more like the, the reason I became polyamorous is because I'm so, uh, I, I love people very romantically. Like, even my friends, I give extravagant gifts. Like, if you weren't okay with it, you'd be like, this is too much. Like I usually don't have more than one partner. I have like very deep friendships that maybe have a few moments that spill over into romantic, mm -hmm. but what the goal is to have another partner. I'm, but this fellow that I've been texting with over COVID is way too casual to be considered a partner, but it's also now been like a year of texting. So he's also not just like, wait, no are you, one. You're, you're looking for like another partner. Yeah. So he's like, doesn't have enough time for, for to be like the other well, partner that- you... Well, it's, it's more like I don't have enough time and right. I don't, well, it's not that I don't have enough time. It's like, I, like I said, I'm, I'm busy. I'm not the most like forward, mm -hmm. um, but I still find this fellow very interesting. And when we've been together, it's been quite like, hmm, oh, like, oh, how nice. But now that it's been over a year since I've seen him, I'm like, do I say like when you're vaxxed, let's hang out? Or What's do the I risk? Say, What's the risk? I mean, why not? Why not give it a few tries, see how it goes, and if it feels like it's same, it's the same advice I gave earlier. But it's like if it's not moving forward, then you know it, it doesn't seem like there's a lot to lose. I, I can't, I, I can't see myself in that position. Well, I can't see myself as polyamorous, but I can't see myself in a position where I was single where I wouldn't just at least go on like three or four dates with this person. I totally agree. I think like you, you will not miss the fact that you're into or not into this person once you guys hang out. So you'll just, you go out and if you're like, you know what, what I like actually is uh, butterflies, a new love feeling. That's what I want. If I'm gonna bother being polyamorous and taking the time out of my primary relationship to add a new partner, I'm gonna want that love or, 
or that loving feeling, or you're going to go, you know what, this is great. It's perfect. It's comfortable. I'm into it. Uh, if nothing, if nothing else, you'll have a person to refer to as fellow a bunch of times. <laughs> That's what I think. Uh, oh, wait, I, I get polyamory. human, but I felt that was worse. Mm-hmm. Is your primary relationship with a woman? No, it's a, it's a man. Oh, okay. A, cis, a cishet man. Okay. Because I was, yeah. what's a fellow? Is a fellow the same as a cishet man to you? A fellow is a yes. man yeah. when, a, when yeah. a woman who went to Renaissance fairs in her years <laughs> is describing her. I think. I'm, yeah. No, I just like, I, I did have a Shakespeare phase, but there's no Renaissance fairs in Yellowknife. No, that's right. It's kind of, well, you barely actually, even have pineapple. Like. No, that, no, actually, everything is a Renaissance fair. It's just, what was happening in that territory during the Renaissance. So mm-hmm, you're still mm-hmm, living mm-hmm. in the times of the Renaissance. Well, that's all Canada. All the, yeah, that's Canada's always like a couple decades behind in the Only US. Canadians went through a Shakespeare phase. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yeah, they're just You went smart. through a Shakespeare phase. Yeah, but I went to theater school, you know? Like that's, that's right. I, you know, that's different. So I think, yeah, it's such a funny dilemma that you're in the middle of because you're like, you what you want, this seems like what you want and it would almost violate the polyamory code is to be like, no, I want something new, fresh and exciting. I'm not just trying to connect to people. I'm trying to like have an exciting dalliance. But what you have is somebody that you forged a connection with over the last year. And if 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 all signs are go, then I think, like Natasha said, go out on a date and you'll know immediately if you want to keep going on dates. Seems so it'll be obvious. Maybe he's a texting fellow. That's right. Maybe he's just a texting fellow. Yeah, I could, I could. I think that I am adding so much weight to it because there's been so much time without seeing each other and it feels of so course. like heady and intellectual. So now I'm like, oh, well, this is how I need to approach it. But yeah, I think sharing space will be the big solver. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much. I love you both. And I'm so happy you got to answer my question. It means so much. Well, we love- Hey, have fun too. on that date with the fellow. Oh, yeah, yeah. get you a fellow. And you know what? It, 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 they say if this fellow isn't the fellow for you, there's plenty of other smoked fish in the sea. Also, <laughs> let me just tell you oh, this. Delicious. I think we're all coming out of like this collective trauma. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's really important to connect with people who you know and like and have put time, you know, for whatever reason, he's someone that you've been in contact with during all of this. So I think for processing and, you know, I, I, I think why not? That, that, mm-hmm. that, that I'm much more attracted right now to people I know. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, that's I don't. the other thing, like part of me is like, oh, I should start going on the apps and putting myself out there. And then I, I look at them and I'm, I'm, I just put, I just cannot, I can't even but finish maybe the you sentence. Will. But maybe you will in three months. I don't know, you know, yeah, but like yeah. right now, like, I don't think there's that, as long as he's like healthy and isn't making you feel bad or whatever, I, I think it could be really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I thank you so much for your advice. Okay, bye. I really hate giving people advice on polyamory. I know. I feel like I'm going to start roasting them. Every time somebody says I am <laughs> But especially when it's a woman. <laughs> Every time someone's like on the on these calls, it's like I am polyamorous. I look at you and I go like, uh-oh, she's about to start firing. No, I just am like, it's usually men who I'm in contact with who are mm-hmm. trying to get this poly train off the track. But you don't, or, you're not a big believer in the poly ethos. I mean, what is it that you can cheat on your spouse? No, it's not about cheating. People that are poly, they don't they they don't feel limited to the romantic relationship they're in. They are they feel that they can that they can both uh, cultivate the romantic relationship they're in and engage in other romantic dating relationships, and it and it's not too much for them. I don't know how many women are in poly relationships who have children though is that a lot we've had people on this on this podcast call in that are in that kind of situation how do people have time that is a great question how do people have time i would love to know yeah how if you're and poly- not only that you have to have time and then also have a partner who's not going to be like a little bitch about stuff right it's got you're like putting on perfume and you're like what are you doing you're like oh i'm meeting I think it, Jason I do think that for the people it works for, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of communication. And I do think that often here's where poly is bad. And, and this is what I think your judgment comes from. 
uh, and I don't mean to judge your judgment. I don't have judgment. No, that, but I just think your 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 reaction to it comes from the fact that we know a lot of people who say they're poly, but really one partner is poly and the other is oh, that's uh, true. Is sort of sitting, grinning and bearing it. And that seems like a recipe for disaster. Of course. And then furthermore, I was thinking recently about our friend Jeremy, because he just creates so much stuff, like we went to his land. Wait, anyway, you thinking about Jeremy? No, I was just thinking about the idea that he has so much energy, like more energy than I have for mm. things. Like he's mm -hmm. like building tree houses and outdoor showers and he's mm. practicing his tightrope walking uh -huh. and like chopping down wood. You were thinking about Jeremy oh chopping wood. Is it? No, I'm just trying to clarify what no, story you're telling. No, yes, I was not thinking about, I was just like, looking at his place and I was like, oh my God, can I just please finish my thoughts? Sure. So I was like, oh, I just don't have that much energy. Mm -hmm. So why should I judge someone who actually does have energy for two relationships? I mean, that's the thing too, cheating on someone because I've been there too, that takes like way more energy probably than Polly. Right. Because you have to be like hiding everything all the time and like covering up lies and covering mm -hmm. your tracks. So Polly is like, at least everyone's willing and engaged and, you know, ready for this. But yeah, if people have the energy for it, go for it. I guess I, what I don't understand is having the energy. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because there's a woman I was thinking about recently and how energetic she was. <laughs> and I just was thinking about like, all of the different things she was doing and all of the different tasks that she was engaged in. Anyway, Tosh. Oh my God. You're right. It's a lot of work to be in one relationship. Hats off to the people who are capable of being in more than one. And hats off to everybody coming out of a pandemic and figuring out how to rekindle human connection after a year of being alone or with one person. Or after a year and a half of that. And then yeah. it's also just, it's we're back to where we started. Well, on that <laughs> lovely note, Natasha, I'm going to go watch some human violence. Okay. I... But, oh, what was that? Nothing. I was just trying to be more loving. Okay, go for it. I love you. Say it again. I'm not saying Say it again. Once. Say it a bunch of times. Come on. Say it. Say it three times. No. Look me in the eye. Moshe, please. Can you grab? Can you grab the side of my face? Gaze into my eyes. No. That. But that's how you talk to our kid. Oh my God. <laughs> I love you too.